How's it going today, guys? I'm back here live once again in the studio. Another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. I'm your host, Thomas Penland, and today is the day before the MLB season starts off, so you know what that means. You know who's back on. Bid, say what's up to everyone. What's up? Can't wait. Um, we got lots of good stuff coming here for y'all. Obviously, Bid, this he's he's gonna wake up tomorrow and probably he probably won't even sleep tonight. He's so excited. No, I'm not I'm not sleeping tonight. I'm skipping class in the morning. I'm just gonna get ready for the game, man. <laughs> yeah, Braves tip kick off or first pitch. Jeez, what am I saying? Tip off. <laughs> first first pitch is at 3:05 tomorrow. 3:05. So I mean, I'm excited to watch that one. But we got a good preview for y'all here. We got some hot takes, some divisional stuff, awards, you know, everything. So we'll get down to it here. All right, Bid, we'll start out here with our three hot takes for the season. Um, what's your first one? I assume it's probably going to have to do with the Braves. Uh, well, I was going to save that one for last, but might as well go ahead and get that one out of the way. Uh, yeah, Josh Donaldson, well. he's back. Bringer of rain okay. is back. He's going to hit 30, 30, 35 home runs this year. Injuries won't be a problem. He switched. I heard something uh, Dallas Braden was talking about. I think he switched. He's vegan now or whatever. Ooh. He's trying to be healthy. Okay. Uh, typically don't like that, but good for him. And uh, he seems healthy. He's looked. Uh, the numbers haven't really been great this spring, but he's looked great. And uh, I think he'll be there tomorrow ready to go. Yeah, I definitely like that one. I mean, if he stays healthy, the sky's the limit for him. One of the better hitters. I mean, we've seen him win MVP before. I'll go ahead and go ahead and give you all my Braves one as well. Why not? Since we're on the Braves, we can talk about the Braves for a few minutes since that's our hometown team. Why not? I see the Braves win the division again. I think it's back to back. You know, we probably have the hardest division in all of baseball. I mean, yeah. every single team except for the Marlins could make the playoffs. I agree with that. But, I mean, the Mets have done a lot to beef their team up, as we talked about. The Phillies have, the Nationals. I mean, none of those teams are going to be pushovers just because you lose Bryce Harper doesn't mean the division got that much worse. So... I mean, if, I think the Braves can do it, though. I think that I think we're still going to acquire another pitcher, which I think will really change our rotation up a lot. And yeah, I mean, Alex has said he's making sure he saves some money for the deadline just to see, like, reassess there what needs we have, see how the young guys do in the first half. And if we need to go out and get somebody, they can go out and get uh, Madison Bumgarner will definitely, definitely be out there. Zach Greinke, Robbie Ray, they'd probably be there. A lot of different options that will probably be available midseason that may have a higher price tag now or may even not be available now. Yeah, I would definitely – I definitely think we need to. I think right now we're going to try and see what we can get with our starting pitchers. I mean, if anything, we just can't fall too far behind. But if I've that's learned anything about – thing right now. Let the kids play and letting the kids play. Yeah, I that's like what it. we did last year. It. Why not do it again this year? So I'm excited. I mean, it's going to be a fun team to watch probably. I'm thinking about going to the game opening day. You know, we, find, we probably have a playoff team, so you might as well go watch – go out and support the team. Um, I think that Acuna is going to have one of those breakout seasons. I didn't pick him for – MVP, but I think him and Freeman are going to thrive in this lineup. I mean, hopefully we can get good production from Marquez or we can get Ender back on track to his all-star form. So. And the thing with Marquez is, like, last year he played all 162 games. That's yeah. tough to do, especially at his age. He's getting up there, and he did all of that without complaining. Great attitude the whole way. But the numbers fell off a bit in the second half. You could tell that, he was, that the fatigue was there. He wasn't quite the same guy. He's been incredible this spring. He looks great, and hopefully – uh, we'll get first half Nick back this year. I think we will. Yeah, that'd be very nice to get him back. I mean, do you think that we'll see any of these young outfielders that we've seen in the in the preseason come up and play with the team at all? Uh, my gut says no, but if Christian Pache tears up Double A Mississippi, I could see him up by the end of the year, especially yeah, if Ender struggles. I mean, he's really good. If Nick gets hurt, if anything happens. 
you might see Christian up. But Ender's uh, made some changes to his approach this spring and the offseason, too. He's looked uh, a lot better right now. Uh, the slow start will probably still be there just because that's the way he always is. But I'm um, banking on a bounce back year from him, hopefully something closer to what he did in 2017 than what he did in 2018. Yeah, I mean, I think Pache is one of the – he'd be almost as good as Acuna, I mean, at the end of the day. Yeah, I saw him. Because uh, his one thing, the one knock on him that he's always had is he's always just been a scrawny dude. He never really had much pop. He was a little guy. He walked past me in the clubhouse the other day, and the dude's bigger than I am now. He's, he's beefed up. He's like uh, – he's probably maybe not quite as beefy as Ronald, but inch or two taller. He's a big guy now. He uh, hit a couple home runs this spring. He's uh, The power's finally starting to show. And if that's the case, then he'll be up maybe this year, but definitely next year. Yeah, I think it'd definitely be nice to add him. Also, I think Riley probably won't come up until we can expand to a 40-man roster based off the way he played in the preseason. So, Yeah, and I mean, he that too. I mean, he did kind of turn it around. He got off a really slow start this spring. He ended up having a solid spring Yeah, he was overall. hitting the ball really well at the um, end. But uh, as long as Josh Donaldson's healthy, I don't think we're going to see Austin Riley, at least, yeah. uh, like you said, until the rosters expand in September, even though uh, they put the restrictions on that. I think those go into place this year. 28 man instead of letting anybody up uh-huh. uh, that may not be until next year I'm not positive about that but I think that's this year and uh, either way I think Riley will be one of those guys that comes up then I like that yeah I definitely agree with you there uh, let's move here now to our next prediction I'll let you go first again Who? what's your second one I'm going to stay in the NL East I think that Yes, the Phillies went out. They got Bryce Harper. They got JT Realmuto. They got Andrew McCutcheon, Gene Segura. Reese Hoskins will be the best hitter in that lineup. Guy hit uh, 34 home runs last year, legitimate 40 home run power. A uh, little streaky last year, but if he gets all his stuff figured out, he made the proper adjustments in the second half. I think that's the best hitter in that lineup. I like that prediction just because I think of teams like, for example, the Dodgers, how they used to have that stacked up lineup and Justin Turner would just sit in the middle of the order and just rake, absolutely rake hit like 330. And just because you have so many good hitters, he comes up and he gets all the best pitches to look at. So I think it's a lot of that. that When you're surrounded by a lot of hitters like the guys he's he's, uh, surrounded by now, Mm -hmm. that's really going to help out as compared to last year. They didn't really have too much around him. They had some solid players, don't get me wrong, but it's just – a whole new level this year for him. Yeah, no, I mean, I absolutely agree with you there. Uh, I kind of have one there just like you do. I'm saying Chris Bryant has a comeback season this year. I feel like he's come out more motivated. Like he had a home run, and it wasn't his first at bat of the spring, I'm yeah, pretty sure. So he's even said that he was embarrassed at the way last year ran. He's been a little more outspoken about stuff, too, in baseball. So I think Chris Bryant's kind of going to come and do his own and be a little bit more comfortable in there. I mean, he was banged up a lot, too, last oh, year. Yeah. So I think that had a lot to do with his down year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's he's got the talent. Obviously, he's uh, the power's there. Little down last year. Uh, he kind of was. He was outspoken. He wasn't. He didn't really mesh with Chili Davis too well. The hitting coach last year. The hitting coach has been replaced now up in Chicago. Uh, looking for a big bounce back year out of him, and I think he's going to lead the Cubs to the Central. I like that. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I I've got the Cubs in the playoffs, but we'll get to that later. Where actually, <laughs> what seat I actually have them as? Um, let's move to our final one. I'll go ahead and go here. I've got the Brewers missing the playoffs. Look, I think the Brewers have great hitting, great bullpen. I question the starting pitching a lot. I feel like it's going to be. I can kind of think back when the Braves had Oventrals, we used to call them when we had Kimbrel, Venners, and. Um, 
and why am I drawing a blank? Erica Flaherty. Yeah, no, Flaherty. I can't <laughs> believe I forgot of Flaherty. But back in the day when we had all three of them, I kind of think back to that, that they have to use Hater and the rest of the bullpen way too much, and they're going to burn out and miss the playoffs down the stretch. I was kind of surprised last year because they got out so hot, played bad in the middle of the year, then picked it up at the end. I was kind of surprised, David, but I mean, it's because Yelich pulled away yeah, and won he, MVP. Golly, Yelich and Acuna were just on their own level in the second half last year. Christian Yelich, far and away the best player mm-hmm. in baseball. Ronald Farnway, the second best player in baseball, or in the National League anyway, last uh, second half last year. Uh, the Brewers, like, they do have a lot of offensive firepower. They got a great bullpen, but I'm with you. I don't think that rotation will hold up. I don't think it'll be enough to get them in the playoffs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Plus, I feel like Yelich, like, honestly, had probably one of the hotter hitting runs in baseball history to end last season. Like, you know, one of those standouts hitting performances to close out the season. So I really feel like that he kind of bailed them out, and that was just kind of a, you know, like a one-time thing. Because the Cardinals realistically played so well the second half of the season, they should have been in the playoffs. Yeah, they didn't. I mean, they're, they're going to be even better this year, obviously. Mm-hmm. The the they made and guys like uh, Jordan Hicks will only be getting better mm-hmm. and uh, for my third one I'm actually going to stay with St. Louis and I think Harrison Bader is going to become one of the best players in baseball this year he's going to become a household name up in uh, St. Louis already a gold glove caliber outfielder uh, he's got pop he's got the opportunity to be a legitimate five tool player uh, he's got some kinks he's got to work out strikeout rates a little high he's, but he's got had uh, had some problems with that last year but I think this is a year he really has a breakout year and ends up being a huge piece for the Cardinals I definitely like that one I, I assume you drafted him on your fantasy team I actually did not I uh, if he's still out there I'm gonna pick him up though uh, I think I might grab him <laughs> while we're in the middle of the podcast <laughs> but uh, um, before we actually, you know, I'll save this question until a little bit later. I kind of want to add in here. It kind of goes along just with picking the division winners. But let's start here with individual awards. Um, MVP, you get down to it. I'll go first on this one. I got Paul Goldschmidt. I think that him getting traded where the, he's now out of um, he's out of Arizona, I think that that helps him. He sits in a better order, so there's going to be better hitters around him you know, to kind of protect him. Like last year, the, the Diamondbacks in general really banged up. He's, he also started the season out. Horribly, I don't think Goldschmidt's going to start a season again as badly as he did last year. Also, think being on this Cardinals team, you know, I feel like the Cardinals—they're always led by stars, and I think it's going to kind of rejuvenate him playing in St. Louis. And I think he's going to have a breakout season this year. Oh yeah, I'm—I uh, don't have him as my MVP, but I agree with the point you're trying to make there. I think uh, Paul Goldschmidt is going to have a huge year. I think he will finish uh, top three in the MVP voting, and I think he and Harrison Bader will lead the Cardinals back to the playoffs. But if we're talking MVP, I got to go with my boy Ronald. Like we were saying, him and Yelich, the best players. I knew you were going to pick him. I mean, I'm sure you did. (laughs) I've been pretty outspoken about it. Everybody knows this is who I'm I'm picking for MVP. He's one of three MVP candidates in that lineup, just about 10 in that division. Uh, OPS was well over 1,000 in the second half. He had 26 home runs last year. He's probably going to run more. Brian uh, Brian Sinker's talked about him hitting cleanup now because he wasn't running as much in the top of the order because they had Freddie Freeman behind him. He was like, all right, Freddie might go deep Mm -hmm. here. We don't want to – you got to make sure you stay on base. Now he's hitting in the four hole. He's got a legitimate chance to go uh, 30-30 this year, maybe even 40-40. I don't know if he'll reach that, but uh, he's he's got as good I mean, a shot 40, as anybody. If he gets 40-40, he's going to run away with he's the MVP. He's got as good a shot as anybody. When was the last time league. we saw somebody go 40-40? God, it was 
years ago. I can't honestly can't even remember that off the top of my head. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I can't. Re- it's been. It's definitely been a minute since we've had somebody go for 40-40. I definitely agree with you that Acuna Acuna can. I didn't pick him one just because I knew you were gonna pick him, <laughs> and two because you know it's definitely a big time toss up. So I feel like I feel like pretty much if you pick any of the if the top hitters and you think that team's gonna make the playoffs, that they're gonna have a chance. I think that with how tight and how just like good these MLB the NL is now, that I really think it's gonna depend on winning. You know, I think winning yeah. will factor a lot into it. If your team's winning games and the stats are there, it'll come down to getting it. So that's what I was saying. Oh, there's about uh, ten different MVP candidates mm-hmm. in the NL East because there's four different teams that could leg- uh, legitimately win that division. And by the way, haven't seen it since 06. Alfonso Soriano, Washington Nationals. Yep. 46 home runs, 41 stolen bases. And before that, it was A-Rod with the Mariners. So we have not really seen this much in our lifetime. If anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Ronald. I think he gets 30-30. I don't know if he gets to the 40-40 plateau or not, but he's got as good a shot of anybody. Yeah, I think he, if he stay. I mean, obviously, if he stays healthy, he's going to get 30-30. Yeah. yeah, I feel pretty good about that one. Um, let's now go to AL. I think we both have the same one here. I have Mike Trout. Look, I could sit here and yeah. read off to y'all a stat sheet for two hours of all the things that Mike Trout's done that makes him one of the most legendary hitters in baseball history. He got the new contract. I mean, if we've learned anything about Mike Trout, I don't think he's one of those players that's going to get paid and chill. The I think contract he's contract will not affect. Yeah, him that's at what I'm all. saying. There's a reason why he's the highest paid athlete in the history of. Is, isn't he higher paid yeah. than Messi or Ronaldo or anybody? Uh, as far as contracts go, yes. But as far as like sponsorship and endorsements, just yeah. the level of fame that Messi and Ronaldo get worldwide kind of puts mm-hmm. them over the top. And in American professional sports, Mike Trout, far and away, number one. Yeah, and I think he deserves to be paid the, that much money. I mean, Mike Trout he is... Probably could have made more if he hit the free agent market, but he's like, at that point, you're like, I'm getting $430 million. I'm already comfortable here. Why would I go? I think he would have got 10 years, $500 million yeah, if he, he wanted, wanted to. Yeah, He could have. He would have he been the first $500 million player. And uh, I don't know. And the next time we'll see anybody with that talent get to that point where they'd sign a contract like that. But mm-hmm. 430, man, that's yeah, what's that's a lot of money. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> give it give me the best case you could make to anyone to ensure them that Mike Trout is winning MVP this Mike year. Trout's gonna win MVP. Um check his bank account. Honestly, don't believe me, check his bank account. He's twenty seven years old and he's already been worth more wins above replacement than several different Hall of Famers, including Vladimir Guerrero. We'll have more on him later. Dude's only twenty seven. He's just now he's in his prime right now. Mm-hmm. He's not on the back nine of his career. He's not starting to wear down at all. Dude's legitimately in his prime, and statistically, we may have seen the best year that he's had last year. He's only going to get better offensively. So I think that this is going to be a huge year from him. And uh, if, as, if we're talking guys that will go 30-30, Mike Trout's got it if he can get the stolen bases. I'm not sure if he'll uh, swipe that many bags, but 30-40 home runs, easy. OPS over 1,000, easy. Solid glove out in the outfield. He's going to be all around the best player in baseball yet again. Yeah, I mean, I there. I just think it's too hard to not pick anybody named Mike Trout to win the AL. I mean, honestly, it's going to be between him, probably him, one of the Yankees, and then yeah. one of those Red Sox between Martin, probably Mookie over Martinez, yeah, just I, because Martinez doesn't play the field I as think, much. I think Mookie, JD Martinez, Aaron Judge, they all have good shots at it. I think Mike Trout ends up running away with it. But if we're going to talk about a sleeper in the American League, I got Matt Chapman, third okay. baseman for the A's. He was top ten in wins above replacement last year, and a huge part of how of uh, why Oakland made the playoffs 30 home run power arguably the best defensive player in baseball uh, he doesn't get a lot of uh, he doesn't get as much shine coming from uh, Oakland because they don't really cover Oakland as, as well but uh, this guy's legit and he could easily 
He's got as good a chance as anybody not named Mike Trout, in my opinion. Um, I actually going to disagree with you there a little bit on on the uh, player who can win it, not named Mike Trout. I kind of like Alex Bregman. I feel like uh, even though he just got yeah. paid, I mean, he seems like he wants it. Like, I feel like Bregman's one of those guys who talks big. I mean, he's an LSU boy. I feel like that, I don't know, I feel like he's going to have the chip on his shoulder and he's going to want to prove that he's worth that contract and ball out this year. I mean, I can see that. He's only getting better. That's one thing. I always thought Alex Bregman, uh, Bregman was a hell of a ball player. I never knew that the power was there the way that he's shown the last year or two. He's really uh, come into a league of his own. He's starting to hit. He's shown that he has 30 home run power now as well. Um, and he could be a part of another great 100-win Astros team for the third year in a row. Yeah, I think this Astros team probably will do that. I mean, the only thing is they lost a little bit of pitching, but we'll we'll get to the Astros a little bit later. Um, let's talk Cy Young now. Cy Young, I'm going Jacob DeGrom as my NL winner. I mean, he won it last year. I just think DeGrom's probably the best pitcher. I mean, the way he gets he strikes guys out, he overpowers you, he dominates you. I just think DeGrom's like Scherzer, like any of these other he's the next, you know, he's the next like great dominant pitcher, which is what I hate about him being on yeah. the Mets. I wish he didn't <laughs> sign that contract, but I mean, when, when your agent takes over as the GM and he's like, all right, dude, I helped you out. Help me out a little bit now. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. But uh, I agree with you there. I, I don't even know if we need to explain this one. This guy's his ERA is going to be right around 200 again. He may even be below it again. He's going to be up near the league leaders in strikeouts. Max Scherzer's still around. He's still dominant. Uh, he kind of wore down a little bit in the second half. Still one of the best pitchers in baseball, yeah. but not – elite at the same level as Jacob DeGrom in the second half last year and I think that's going to repeat itself this year and that's why I have DeGrom edging him out but also don't sleep on Walker Bueller 262 ERA as a rookie last year I think he's already a top 10 pitcher in the game he's not really getting Cy Young attention yet but people are learning about him people are talking about him already and this could be the year that he takes that uh, huge step forward and he may end up up there in the same category as Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer. I mean, could definitely see that. So, I mean, we'll keep a, we'll keep an eye out. Ronald is still his daddy, though. <laughs> Ronald's still his daddy. He still is. I'll never forget that. But let's move here now to the AL. AL, I think we were both different on this one. Who you got? I got Trevor Bauer. Uh, okay. He's one of the smartest guys in the league. One of the most misunderstood players in baseball, too. He said a couple things that put himself out there, and the media just completely turned on the guy. Uh, his teammates love him. So, I mean, he had a couple problems in Arizona since he got to Cleveland. He started his own, uh, like, video thing that's called Movement, where he's trying to tell stories of ball players like Jose Barrios for the Minnesota Twins. Like, all these stories of guys that you don't really know their backstory as much. Seems like he's actually, he seems like a pretty good guy outside of the way that he's interacted with the media. And uh, on Twitter, he's kind of had a, had a bit of a Trump problem where he doesn't, if people come at him, he goes right back at them 200%. Like, there's this one girl tweeting at him, like, just mm-hmm. talk, talking crap to him. And he blew her up on Twitter, and she just – it became a huge national story that Trevor Bauer was harassing someone. And, I mean, that's that's kind of hurt him. A lot of people aren't really as high on him now because mm-hmm. of things like that. But – the, the teammates love him. Uh, he had a 221 ERA last year. Already had a lethal arsenal. He's, his data-driven approach is what's helped him out the most to drive line out uh, out west. He's figured a lot of things out about himself, about the game of baseball, and he added a changeup. He's already dominant. He added a changeup, and it has looked good this spring. I think he takes another step forward. I think he's a Cy Young winner this year. 
I like that. I did definitely see that. I mean, I think it's pretty wide open in the AL. There's a lot of guys. Oh, yeah. I'm actually going to go with Luis Severino for the Yankees. Look, Sev was dominant before he got injured last season. I mean, he, he obviously didn't miss that much time, but I mean, yeah. you could definitely tell he was. Uh, Pre All Star break, he was 231 with 14 wins and two losses before the All Star break. Now he's going to rack up the wins on that Yankees team, too. He doesn't even have to be Cy Young caliber. Yeah. Although he is, don't get me wrong. I do think he's a Cy Young caliber guy. But he doesn't even have to be to get wins on that. That's what I'm saying. They're going to hit so many home runs for him. But post-All-Star rank, he was 557, 5-6 in the win-loss column. 12 starts. I mean, obviously, he didn't have as many starts as he little bit. I don't think he fully recovered last year from that injury. I think he tried to rush himself back. I think he wanted to be there and be part of the playoffs, be part of that playoff hunt and uh, trying to overtake Boston. And uh, I think he really hurt his own case there. Uh, He signed that extension this offseason. Uh, he looks healthy now, and I think he's due for a big year. Still, still have Bauer up there as my number one, but I think that Severino will be top five in the voting. But the guy that I don't, I say that we can't sleep on is Colin McHugh for the Houston Astros. He was a top prospect for them. They put him in the rotation. Didn't really work out so well. They moved him to the bullpen. A little bit of trial and error. He figured everything out. He was one of the best relievers in baseball last year. His 94 strikeouts ranked behind only Josh Hader. And now they're bumping him back in the rotation with McCullers out for the year. Keiko walked. They're bringing him back into the rotation. And if something indeed did click for him last year, this is a guy to watch. I don't know if he'll win it, but he'll make some noise in the AL West. Um, I... I could definitely see that one there. So, I mean, like I said, it's pretty wide open out there, but especially with the lineup he's got, they're going to give him the run support every night. So, I mean, easily could be a – I mean, do you think there will be a pitcher over 21 wins this season? Over 21 – I'd say Seb has as good a shot at anybody on that Yankees team. But at the same time, he's in that division where it's it's going to be a dogfight with the Red Sox, with the Rays. Uh, So, I might end up actually – I haven't really thought too much about – wins and stuff like that but I think Trevor Bauer could probably do it because that, I was about you, to if say. you look at that division mm-hmm. the Twins might make a little bit of noise but I mean outside of that the White Sox won't. won't do much, Tigers won't do much Royals won't do anything yeah. so I mean he might give up a couple home runs to Eloy Jimenez but that's about it Yeah. speaking of Eloy Jimenez um, let's go to Rookie of the Year here and that's who I have as my AL Rookie of the Year I think he's due for a big year I think he can shine as the star on this White Sox team and kind of bring them back a little bit if Vlad Jr. is out longer than they anticipate him being out for I agree with you there I think they're going to have pretty much the same type of battle that Acuna and Soto had last year but I think if Guerrero's healthy I think that he's the guy. The hit tool's as good as his dad's. He can hit anything. You used to see Vlad Guerrero go deep on balls that would bounce in front of the plate. Yeah. This is the same type of guy. It's in his blood. You can see him hit anything, anywhere, and he can hit it 500 feet. He may have even more power than his dad. He hit 402 with an OPS over 1,100 in AA last year before they bumped him up to AAA, where he crashed down to earth, you know, only hitting 336 with a 978 OPS, 20 home runs last year. And if he's healthy, I think he edges out Jimenez. And uh, but it's going to be a fight. It's going to be just like Acuna and Soto last year, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I. I mean, I think pretty much hit the nail on the head there between those two, two of the better young players in baseball. I'm excited to see Vlad or Jr., right. Vladdy Jr. or whatever wait. you want to call him. I mean, it's it's going to be fun to watch. So I mean, it's going to be cool. Like up there, like obviously Toronto isn't Montreal, but. 
without a team in Montreal. Toronto is the only team we have left in Canada. Uh-huh. And with all the success that Vlad had in Montreal, I think it's cool to see Vlad Jr. break in in Toronto and make some noise up there. No, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't wait to see what the kid can do. It's going to be fun to watch for sure. Um, the NL Rookie of the Year is pretty up for grabs too. Who you got? Uh, well, I, ori- I originally I was I thought I thought about uh, Tatis, and I still think he's going to do great. I originally went with Nick Senzel, but when he got hurt, I'm switching to Pete Alonzo for the New York Mets. He's on the 25-man roster to begin the season. Makes it look to me like he beat Dominic Smith for the first base job, which he should have because Dom Smith is nowhere near as good as Pete Alonzo is. He hit four home runs with an OPS over 1,000 this spring. He hit 285 with 36 home runs and a 975 OPS in the minors last year and only, uh, I think, 125 games, somewhere in there. The power's legit. Jacob deGrom says he has more power than anyone he's ever seen. This is a guy that's pitched to Ronald Acuna. He's pitched to Freddie Freeman. He's pitched to Bryce Harper. He's pitched to all these guys. He said Peter Alonzo's got more pop than anybody that he's ever seen hit. I'll take his word for it. I'm with him on that. I watched him a couple times this spring, too. He kind of terrorized the Braves a little bit. I hope that doesn't carry over into the regular season. But uh, incredible talent, tons of power, and it looks like he won that first base job outright. Yeah, no, I mean, I could definitely see it. I'm staying in the same division. I'm on Victor Robles to win this for the outfielder forward in Washington Nationals. I think that just the order that he's sitting in, I think that he could have a great year. I mean, the Nationals are stacked up. He's one of the better young players. I mean, we saw Soto thrive last year. I think that he's going to do the exact same thing. The Nationals will have a very good competitive team this year, so I'm right there. Yeah, and I mean, Robles, he's he's a legit five-tool guy, too. Him, like, he was compared to Ronald Acuna a lot, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, he'd be Ronald maybe a little bit less power maybe a little bit better in the field uh and he's looked like that in the minor leagues last year he got called up he was good not great um this is the kind of guy where he might be a ronald acuna he might be a bj upton but if your floor is bj upton think about him before he came to atlanta that's still a good ball player if your floor is bj upton then you you're doing pretty good yeah, no, I'm. That's what I'm saying. BJ Upton. I mean, BJ Upton. He had he had some good years. So. Yeah, he had some he had some great years in Tampa Bay. He helped them out with uh, when they they may not have won it, but he helped them get to the World Series. He put the nastiest bruise on anybody I've ever seen when he hit a 112 mile an hour line drive off of Chipper Jones's leg. Yeah, and the dude could hit. He strikeout problems but he was a great athlete and Robles is the same way that's what I'm saying so I definitely think there's a lot of upside there for him let's go to division winners and wild cards we'll start with the uh, NL East I think you already know we both already have the Braves we won't go into details there you already know I might lose my job if I say otherwise yeah that's what I'm saying <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll just go with the Braves right there um, in the Central we both have actually I have the Cardinals winning this division I'll start here like I said they add Paul Goldschmidt to this team they have a lot of good young pitching I really think that the Cardinals can come out and win this division. Ultimately, I mean, Matt Carpenter, Paul Goldschmidt, Marcelo Zuna, you have three MVP caliber hitters right there in your lineup to go along with a lot of other players who can pick it up, as Bid kind of touched on earlier. I mean, Carlos Martinez, I mean, so many other players in this lineup for the Cardinals, and they have great pitching, as I've said earlier. So, I mean, I think, and plus, like the Cardinals, I feel like they're always there. So, yeah, I mean, I like, I like the Cardinals. I think they're a great team. They're a playoff caliber team. I think the Cubs edge them out, though. I think Chris Bryant is going to be back in full force this year I know you do as well Uh, I think he's going to be an MVP candidate he's going to bounce back and uh, I don't know what to think about you Darvish if he can provide any sort of value if he can just because when they signed him they were thinking that they could make him even better 
Instead, he took a step back and then got hurt last year. Mm-hmm. If he can provide any value to them, if he can be just a num- if he can be a solid, reliable mid-rotation starter, and Chris Bryant's an MVP candidate, I think that'll be enough for them to win the division. Especially because Javi Baez is already going to be an MVP candidate as well. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's going to be tight between both those teams. Um, we'll get to the Cubs a little later. I also have them making the playoffs. Uh, let's go to the uh, NL West now, and I have the Dodgers winning this division. I think the Dodgers. I mean, they've gone out, they spent the money, they've added players, beefed up the roster. I mean, it's the Dodgers. You know, like they're they're going to be there every single year. That's how this team's designed. As long as they still have Kershaw, as you said, Walker Bueller. You know, as long as they still have that, they've got a nice young core with the old guys. I mean, Bellinger, Muncie, just they get Seager back even. you know, I just don't see a way you can pick against the Dodgers. I really I, – I wanted to pick for Colorado. I wanted to just because it would be such a great story, but I just could not in my right mind bet against L.A. right now. Um, I, I, first of all, I can't believe Bryce Harper turned down that contract, but uh, it's not even going to matter for them. They've got Cody Bellinger, like you said, Max Muncie. they got Seager back. That's going to be huge for them. They have the deepest roster in all of Major League Baseball, I think. Uh, they got Joe Kelly in the back end of the bullpen now. Uh, hopefully Clayton Kershaw can stay healthy enough to provide at least 20, 25 starts. I know he's not even going to be there to start the season, um, but... If Clayton Kershaw can start 20 games for them, I mean, that'll provide as much value as a, an average, a full season of an average guy. I mean, this guy, he's not what he used to be, but he is still a damn good pitcher. And he's going to help them out if he can stay healthy. They've got a solid rotation. Walker Bueller is going to be one of the top pitchers in baseball. they got Hinjin Ryu, who shut us down in the playoffs last year. Uh, I'm still really high on the Dodgers. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna run away with it in the West. That's what I'm saying. I think they're run away with it. My wild card. So um, I went with the Cubs and Rockies. Uh, who, who do you have as your wild cards? Uh, I got the Cardinals. Uh, I mean, like you said, they've just a great team. Went out and got Paul Goldschmidt, which is just gonna make them a great team that much better. The rich get richer. Um, and like I've been, like I was saying earlier, I think Harrison Bader is gonna take a huge step forward this year, become a household name. So I've got the Cardinals in that wild card one spot and there were so many teams that I was thinking about for uh, that second wild card spot but I just as much as I wanted to go with Colorado again I had to go with Philly um, just looking at the rotation I think Nick Pavetta is going to take a huge step forward this year and be one of the top pitchers in the mm-hmm. game uh, Aaron Nola already is Jake Arrieta is already solid they beefed up the lineup. They beefed up the bullpen to add to Sir Anthony Dominguez, who is one of the most underrated players in baseball, in the back end of that bullpen. Yeah, his name is Sir. Yeah, he's literally Sir Sir Anthony Dominguez. Like, you, if you're calling a guy Sir, just looking at his name, like, he's got to be good. If not, then, like, don't name your kid Sir Anthony if you don't want him to be Sir. So, I mean... I think he's going to have a great year. I think the Phillies are going to have a good year, too. Um, I don't know. The Nats may edge him out. The Brewers may edge him out. Rockies may edge him out. A lot of different teams that could get that spot, but uh, I'm going Philly in the second wild card spot. Okay, so I picked Colorado mainly because I think Arenado is an MVP caliber player. I think he'll be up there. Obviously, I don't think they'll win the division, so I think that's what will keep him from getting it. Um, and he just signed a, he obviously one of the biggest deals in baseball, too. They add oh, Daniel great. Murphy to this team. I think his power will thrive out in Colorado. Mark Reynolds, another guy who could honestly probably maybe hit like 30 home runs out there in Colorado. Yeah, he's good 40 for one runs. thing, and that one thing plays very well in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Trevor Story, too, who took off last year at a bounce back he year. He was stealing bases last year, too. I had no mm-hmm. idea. 
mm-hmm. knew Trevor Story swiped that many bags last year. He was like up there among the league leaders. Always, I knew he was like a pretty quick guy, but I never really knew just how much uh, value he could provide on the bases. But this is a guy that stole. I'm trying to think. It was like 28, maybe 27 bases last year yes. to go along with the power that he's already showing, and he's just he's evolving into an even better player than I ever thought he would be. Yeah, and I mean, I think Blackman. I mean, obviously, you have Charlie Blackman, another MVP guy who's out in the outfield, and then you got David Dahl, who a lot of people were picking to break out this year. So, realistically, they have an order that's about six or seven uh, hitters yeah, they deep. Have a very deep lineup. I, I like the Rockies mm-hmm. this year. I know I, I wanted to pick them. It was just. Uh, the starting, the starting pitching scares me a little bit, but at the end of the Philly day, the, the, the Rockies team should always be about scoring runs. So I think the Rockies are going to have to score runs to win. So I think but the I Rockies. Mean, their rotation, too. I mean, Kyle Freeland, really underrated. They got um, Marquez, really underrated. They've got mm. a lot of guys up there that can pitch, but I just. I don't think it compares to Aaron Nolan, Nick Pavetta, and Jake Arrieta. So it's kind of that's that's the edge that I think Philly had over Colorado yeah. in my uh, my decision. But I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting race in the NL. I mean, so many of these teams could even win these divisions outright. So it's going to be it's going to be crazy to see. I mean, all right. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you the question now. Before we get to the, even though we haven't got to the AL yet, what team do you think will have the most wins in baseball this year, and do you think it'll be over 105? Most wins in baseball this year, over 105. I'm going to go with the Astros. I'm going to say under 105, but over 100. Okay. How many teams do you think will win over 100? Uh, I'm just. I think. I think Houston's going to be the only one. There's a bunch of teams that are capable of it, but I think the AL East and the NL East will beat up on each other too much to really be, or beat up on themselves too much to get to that hundred win plateau again. I mean, then again, the Yankees and Red Sox both did it last year. That's a definite possibility this year. Um, Cleveland has probably the easiest division, but I still don't think they'll get to 100 games. Uh, LA's got a shot, but. Uh, I think it's going to be Houston. I'm capping it at 103. I think the Indians will kind of phone a few in, even though I think they have good enough of a roster, too. And obviously, Lindor's banged up a little bit right now. Uh, I'm going to say that no team in the NL wins over, I'm going to say, 97 games in the NL. Just I think they're going to beat up on each other a lot. I think you hit the nail on the head. I could see the Red Sox and the Yankees possibly doing it, but I'd say the Astros. I'm going to say two teams, the Astros and one other team will do it. So I think that, I mean, I think it'll be pretty tough, too. And then... Um, what was my original question I asked you? Uh, just 100. Uh, who would, uh, how many teams would get to 100 wins and if anybody would top one? Of okay, okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. All right. Now we can get back to it. Um, go to, down over here now to the AL. AL, who you got winning the AL East? Uh, this is going to be an absolute dogfight, just like the NL East will. Um, but I think the Yankees, it's hard to bet. It. I guess Captain's the Red Sox guy barking at me. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the Yankees are going to do it. Uh, looking at they're two very evenly matched teams, but what I think it's going to come down to ultimately is the bullpen. The Yankees have one of the best bullpens, if not the best bullpen in the game. Boston's got a good one, but they don't compare to the Yankees in that department. I think that's going to be the difference in the East. 
Yeah, I think I don't know. I just feel like Boston did it last year. I think they can do it again and top the Yankees. I the Yankees. I think Yankees and Red Sox could have possibly. I mean, like we said, they could. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they the both won 100 games last year, and if two teams in one division will do it this year, it'll probably be them. Yeah, they'll both be there in the playoffs. Obviously, Tampa Bay is gonna be better too. Orioles not so great. Blue Jays, you know, they could potentially have a good season. So it's gonna be weird to see what happens there in the division. I think the Red Sox can sit on top. I think Chris Sale, Mookie Betts, and JD Martinez can use their star power and kind of lead them over you know I also think there's going to be guys you know there will be a little bit of a World Series hangover but I think at the end of the day the Red Sox can come out and get it done um, we'll talk a little NL Central or AL Central now I'm going to go I mean like we said earlier I mean, yeah, the Indians kinda, yeah you really want to go you want to go I mean, a the, Tiger, the Tigers have some young young talent coming up so do the White Sox but they're not there yet uh, the Twins might challenge them a little bit if Byron Buxton and Miguel Sano can uh, bounce back and do what they're capable of doing, especially they uh, went out and got Nelly Cruz. They might push them a little bit, but I think ultimately Cleveland wins this division by 10 games. Wow, you think they're going to pull away that big? I think they pull yeah. away at the end. Unless, unless if Minnesota is still hanging around at the deadline and they make some more moves, because mm-hmm. I like Jose Barrios, uh, Kyle Gibson's solid. They've got the talent in the rotation there, but I think there's a, I think there's a few more moves that they would need to make. There's some things that would need to be addressed at the deadline. And I think they hang around till midseason. I think Cleveland ends up running away with it. Because like you said, Cleveland will probably add a piece or two at the deadline that will help them out. And I think they ultimately end up running away with it. Yeah, no, that's. Yeah, I think that might be the biggest margin of victory in any division is in that one. Let's move now to the AL West. We both have the Astros. You have the Astros, I assume. Yeah, yeah we both got the Astros. Um, and like we've talked about earlier, obviously they're, they've lost a little bit on the pitching side. It's going to be interesting to see who steps up for them in that rotation. But, I mean, the hitting's there. you got Tuve, Correa, Springer, um, Josh Reddick, Bregman. I mean, that's the thing. These guys won over 100 games last year, and they were banged up. Correa missed a lot of time. Springer missed time. Altuve missed time. They were really but banged up. Kind last of the year. utility guys in Curiel and Mar- in. That's, Marlon Gonzalez. That's another left. thing is they lost Marlon Gonzalez, and he's in Minnesota now too. So that's another piece that could help them in the Central. But I think if they stay healthy, which I think they will this year, Correa looks good. Springer looks good. Everybody looks good right now. If they stay healthy, I think they'll win this division pretty easily. Although LA is going to be better. Oakland. They'll still hang around. I don't think they'll be as good as they were last year. Seattle's better. Um, but I think Houston ultimately wins this division pretty easily. Um, I mean, like, like we just said, we both yeah, agree there. Yeah, let's. It's hard not to. With that. Yeah, the AL's <laughs> a little more cut in stone. Obviously, um, wild card. I had, I had the Yankees. You have the Red Sox. I mean, we talked about those teams right there. Don't really need to go much more in detail there. Do you, I've got the Angels as my other wild card. What about you? See, this is one where it's killing me because in the NL, there's so many different teams where it's like any of these teams could get that second wild card spot and be scary in the playoffs. And then the AL, it's kind of like, who who can who can do this? Is it going to be Tampa Bay? Is it going to be Minnesota, Oakland, Seattle, LA? Um, I'm buying Seattle right now, though. I think my guy Mitch Haniger is going to lead them to the postseason. Yusai Kikuchi, I think he's going to be a big pickup for them. Um, I, I hope, just for legacy's sake, that King Felix can do something, but I think he's pretty much done at this point. The rotation is probably going to hurt them. That's probably going to be a weakness for them. Uh, but Mike Leake, he might, and they might have something in Leake. He's been down a couple years, but he's got the talent there. They've got uh, Tim Beckham looked great in Japan. 
Uh, Malik Smith was a, one of the most underrated players in baseball. Like, great player last year. I loved him when he was in Atlanta. Uh, Domingo Santana, he wasn't what he was. Uh, yeah, horrible. He wasn't last anything year. last year, but you look at what he did in Milwaukee two years ago. He's a 30 home run guy, legitimate talent, a lot of power there. And they've got a couple veterans that could make or break the season right now and Jay Bruce and Edwin Encarnacion. And Edwin Encarnacion especially, he's a notorious slow starter, but I think if he can have the type of season that he had in 2017, that uh, he can help Seattle get to the playoffs. I think he can secure that second spot for them. But for baseball's sake, I do hope you're right because baseball, baseball fans in general – Everybody just needs to see Mike Trout in October because we haven't really been able to see much of it. Yeah. And it's just, it's bad for the game when the best player in the league doesn't come close to the playoffs. Like LeBron with the NBA. Yeah, exactly. But you, that's the thing, even when LeBron's had bad teams before this, like last year, the Cavs sucked. They made it to the playoffs. They made it all the way to the finals. People got to see LeBron's greatness. People don't get to see Mike Trout's greatness. That's because he successfully traded his whole team last <laughs> year rather than this year. It was unsuccessful. That's true, but Trout can't, Trout can't do that. He doesn't have as much power as yeah. LeBron has. And baseball is more of a team effort. There's more guys collectively going into it than there is. Yeah, I just want to say this, too, about baseball. The thing I kind of hate is I feel like they try to use Aaron Judge and Harper as their cover boys, which pisses me off because neither of them are the best player. It's Mike Trout. I feel like that he's the most underrated best player for their sport. Good as Mike Trout is, he should be worshipped. Everybody, like if you talk to people who aren't baseball fans, they'll know who Mike Trout is. But if he walked past you, they wouldn't know. They would have no idea. But yeah, I'd probably think he's is, a middle linebacker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, his neck is like gigantic. But like last year, that issue came up. Somebody was uh, asking MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred about that during over the All Star break, and he was like, "Well, you know, it's not my job to market, which it is. It's not my job to market the players. It's Mike Trout's fault that people don't know who he is. He should do more things to market himself. And he, what do you want him to do? Like Eric O'Flaherty tweeted out, they're like, I mean, if you want him to start going crazy pimping home runs and popping the chain like that's not for everybody that's not his style you should be able to market the best player in the game without him doing that and that's one thing where Rob Manfred's just kind of shit the bed on that he's been too focused on all these different things like all he wants all he cares about right now pace to play pace to play pace to play facing a huge marketing crisis people don't know the best player in baseball if he walked right past their faces and that's a huge problem right now and uh, hopefully they'll figure that out but not looking good right now and I think seeing Mike Trout in the postseason would go a long way towards that um I mean absolutely agree with you there we got we got to see him in the I would be upset if we didn't see him there in the postseason so you know it but at the same time that's also a chance for my guy Mitch Hanniger to shine in Seattle so I mean people because people don't even know him in general and uh, I think that would be a good way for him to kind of burst onto the scene a little bit mm-hmm. great year last year I think he's uh MVP caliber talent, uh, especially away from Seattle. That's the thing that hurts him the most is when he's a good player in Seattle. That's a pretty uh, pitcher-friendly ballpark. You look at his stats, pretty severe home road splits. If you put him anywhere other than Seattle, one of the best players in baseball in Seattle, he's just simply a good player. He's definitely still above average, but he's not like elite in Seattle the way that he would be in a hitter-friendly ballpark. 
No, I mean, yeah, I absolutely agree with you there. I mean, it's tough in the market that Seattle is. That's about all I got for y'all. You got anything else, Ben? That's about it. Go Braves. Chop on. Oh, yeah, chop on, baby. Big day tomorrow. Can't wait to watch all the games. I know Big can't either, but we appreciate oh, yeah. y'all tuning in. I'm actually probably going to air this podcast on Friday just because put one out today, so give it a couple days oh, to Braves marinate. will already be 1-0. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, the Braves <laughs> will already be undefeated. It'll already be a perfect season. Already. So, yeah, that's what Ronald I'm saying. Ronald already have uh, four home runs under his belt. Exactly. There you go. So, once again, Ben, appreciate you coming on, but we'll talk to you all later. Appreciate you having me, man. Boom. See you guys.